Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic, we're going to talk about gangs. Yes, that's what we're going to be talking about. Now, when we say the word gang, people usually think of street gangs, people in the street fighting and bickering over territories and selling drugs and just being a menace to society. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about just the nature of people to gang up, to always try to be part of a group. Because basically a gang is a group. Basically that's all it is. Now, one word can have several meanings, but one of the meaning of the word gang is that it's just a group. That's all it is. Now, let's just go ahead on and get into our conversation because we do have a lot to discuss. Now, most people in society are part of a group or gang. That's just the way it is. Most individuals choose to join a group or gang when given the opportunity. When we hear the word gang, usually it has a negative connotation. We automatically perceive it to be something bad. Now, let's look at the definition of the word gang. It's defined to be, quote, a group of people working on going about together or a group of people acting together to do something illegal. You pick your definition. So, based on this definition, a gang can be good, neutral, or negative based on its intention or objective. Naturally, people can come together as a group to accomplish specific goals. This happens all the time. However, these groups would not be classified as a gang or be labeled illegal in any way. Even though these groups can have similar structure, organization, or hierarchy, like an illegal gang, gangs can be categorized into different groups. Gangs could be labeled legal or illegal. They can be formal or informal. They could be personal or professional, private or public, an institution, gang, or business. It all depends, again, on its intention and its objectives. Now, most people are inclined or have the tendency to become part of a group because it's part of their natural instinct. The first group that individual will belong to will be their biological family. Now, this is the OG, which is called original gangster. This is the original gang that everyone initially belonged to, the family clan. Yes, that is the first gang, your family. So based on that, everyone start off joining or being born into a gang or a group. No one is born to be by themselves. Because if you're born into a biological family, that is your gang. That is your biological group that you belong to. Now, that family consists of a mother, a father, grandparents, cousins, auntie, uncle, 
And sometimes you may have people who marry into that family or people who are close friends. So all these group of people make up a family because all family are not necessarily biologically connected, but they are very close. Okay, family clan is related by biology or a perceived kinship. Right? Now, when people are away from their biological group, they tend to attach themselves to other groups for their basic needs, protection, safety, stability, and support. They understand the importance of being part of a group because acting as an individual can be risky or dangerous in a world where most people are part of a group or a gang. So most people are ganged up or like the word says, booed up. And when I say booed up, gang up, it's not just with one other individual. It is with many other individuals. It is a collective effort. The majority of people will be part of a group because we live in a social society. Society consists of groups, groups of people, groups of families to be specific. Groups of families make up communities. Different communities make up a neighborhood. Different neighborhoods make up a city. Different cities make up a larger area. And that larger area makes up a nation. Back in the days, it was different tribes, different clans. And now we have neighborhoods instead of tribes. Now, even though people in the neighborhood, all of them are not biologically related, of course, but the fact that they stay in close proximity to each other, they are neighbors and they are neighborly, meaning that they can talk and communicate and socialize with each other. So if something happens, you have the whole group or the whole community that will be affected or will get involved in whatever is happening, right? So the first gang is the family. Once you leave the family, then you go into the extended family, then you go into your friends, and from your friends, you go into your neighborhood. So based on that, everyone at some point will be part of a group or be part of a gang. That's just the way it is. Now, we can't get around that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, remember now, a group or gang is a group of people that come together for whatever purpose. Now, also, it could be a group of people that come together to do something illegal. But we're not going to just be talking about illegal business. We're going to talk about just people coming together and forming groups or forming gangs. Right? Now, as a family unit, they're able to work together to provide their basic need. That is the whole importance or the whole purpose of coming together as a group is to make sure that you can provide your basic need. Because as an individual, your chance or probability for survival is compromised. It could be slim to none. It all depends on your environment. Depends on where you are. You may not be able to survive by yourself. That's the reason why you need a group 
You need a family. You need a, the neighborhood. You need community. Like they say, no person is an island. People are social creatures, social beings. They group up. Again, people come together as a family unit or as a group, whether it be a group of friends, group of neighbors, or a group of people in the community because they want to ensure that they're going to survive. They're going to be able to provide for their basic needs. Now, it's better to be part of a group to increase your survival rate. Everything is made easier when a group is involved. That's, that's just the common sense. And a lot of people don't understand that. We have a lot of people who are really individualistic. They're like solo and they just want to be by themselves. But they quickly learn that there are certain advantages that are given to people who are part of a group. And there are certain advantages that are not given to people who go solo. Right. So but when we're dealing with survival, meaning that in your environment, it's always easier to be part of a group. And that's the way nature intended it to be, because people are born into a family, which is a group. And that family is part of a community, which is a group. That community is part of a nation which is a collective group. So it is natural for people to be part of groups. So this is not something that's unnatural. It is the norm. Everywhere we go, people tend to group up, right? Now let's talk about how easy it is for people when they're a part of a collective group that group is choosing to work together. Let's find out the advantages that people have when they are part of a group. Now, when you're part of a group, all the work or responsibility can be divided amongst the group. That's the important thing. I mean, there's many chores to be done. Back in the days when people didn't have all this technology, people had to get up and they had to go get their food. They had to secure food. They had to secure shelter. They had to protect themselves from wild animals or from from, um, nature, whether it would be rain, whether it would be uh, uh, droughts, or whether it would be snow. It all depends on their environment. People had to protect themselves and provide for their basic necessities. The more people there were, then they could divide the responsibilities. One person was assigned this, the other person was assigned that. And all the work got done. Now imagine if you're one person and you're just trying to provide for all your needs. You got to go get the water, then you got to go get the wood, then you got to cook, right? Then you got to protect yourself at night from animals, make a fire. You got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do I mean, it's only one you, so it wouldn't even be possible to provide for all your needs as an individual. So that's why it's important that people do get together and group up and be part of a group or a gang because that allows them to be able to provide for their basic needs together. Now, another advantage that people have when they're part of a group is that each member can contribute something positive to the group. Now, each person will bring something to the table. Everyone have their own talent and their own abilities, their own gifts, their own knowledge. They have their own personality. So they're definitely bringing something unique to the table. 
it'll never be boring because you have so many things happening because there's so many people involved. Okay. Now members can receive assistance from each other, encouragement, inspiration, and support. It's very important. When you are part of a group, you are going to get some support. You don't have to worry about going through something by yourself. That's the purpose of people joining a group, being part of a group, working as a group, because they know that when they need help, someone is always going to be there. Someone is always there. Like living in a family, you're not living in a house by yourself. Grandma's there, auntie's there, uncle, your parents, cousins. You have different people in the household, in the neighborhood. You will never walk down the street and you'll be the only person down the street. There'll always be someone there. And if someone's there, they could also always provide some type of support, encouragement, or inspiration. Now, a group can accomplish more goals work more efficiently and rapidly to complete tasks. Like if you have to build a building, can you imagine if one person had to build a building or one person had to build a house, one person had to build a dam? It wouldn't even be possible. One person cannot do those things. So it is set up for us as human beings to work together collectively as a group. Now, work together to secure food supply clean water, provide shelter, and get resources. That's what people can do when they work together. Work together to provide security, safety, and protection as a group. If someone is attacking or some things, an animal, or again, like I said earlier, the bad weather, all right, then people can group together to protect themselves to stay safe. People could do that. Receive emotional support, intimacy, and love from an intimate partner. You, I mean, you, you can love yourself all day, but the type of love that you want from somebody else have to come from somebody else. You can't be intimate in with yourself in that way. You need other people. If you're going to have a romantic partner, you're going to need somebody else. If you're going to have a conversation with somebody, you need somebody else. If you're going to have a companion, it has to be somebody else. All right. So it's very important that we have people in our lives, not just for, not just for romantic relationships, for platonic relationships as well, for professional relationships, for neighborly relationships. All right. We have to maintain relationship with group members. That's what we do. When you have people around you, you engage with them. You connect to them. You relate to them. That's what people do. That's why it's important for people to interact with each other, to be part of a group because you need it. Now, people establish group cultures, rituals, celebrations, belief. This is what happens. When people get together as a group, they establish group culture. Now, what is a group culture? It's a way of life. People develop values and principles and moralities. What is important? What isn't important? What is celebrated? What is acknowledged? What brings happiness? What brings sadness? People pretty much figure it out. The group culture is the group's way of life. Their custom, their tradition, their beliefs, their values. And people get their values from the group that they belong to. 
Each group have their own culture. They have their own way of life, their own lifestyle, their own philosophy, their own belief, their own way of expressing themselves. If you look at each group, now a race is a group of people that share certain genetic characteristics. That's what a race is. Whether it be the color of their skin, whether it be the texture of their hair, their phenotype, <clears throat> their biology, it's a group of people. And within that group, people share a culture, a way of life. Religion is a group that people share a particular religious faith. And they have a culture. Ethnicity is a group. These people share a particular characteristics. It could be a social characteristic. It doesn't have to be a biological characteristics. All right. So it's important that we have people and groups because we learn our culture and our values and our principles from the group. All right. So group members can teach each other valuable survival skills, life lessons, wisdom, and pass down information. That's why it's important to be part of a group. A school is a group. If you go to a particular school, you are part of that group. Your classroom is a group. You're part of that particular classroom. Right? So there's different groups. Now, have support for healing. Injuries, sickness, and accidents. That's Another reason why groups are important because now you have support. If you need to heal because you have an injury, because you got sick, you were in an accident, something happened to you. If you're alone, how are you going to provide for your basic necessities? How are you going to take care of yourself? How are you going to protect yourself? How are you going to keep yourself going if you don't have assistance from other people? So that's why it's important to be part of a group, whether it be a family whether it be a group of friends, whether it be a group in the church, it all depends. At least you have somebody, because if you only have one person, then all that responsibility is going to fall on one person, and it's too much. They won't be able to do all that work. But if you have a group, which that group becomes your support system. That's what it is. That group becomes your support system, just in case you and we as human beings will go through sickness, we will go through injuries and, you know, we will have accidents. It's just inevitable. Things will happen. It may not happen too often, but it happens. And for some people, it happens very often. It all depends, right? Now, recover as a group from, natu from natu natural disasters, distress, trauma, or stressful events, right? Now, people, when they go through trauma and they have a support group and they have people around them, they can recover faster, right? A natural disaster, when we had Hurricane Katrina, we had earthquakes, tsunamis, fires. When people are able to come together, they're able to recover faster because they have support. They have all these people to help provide their needs. Now share creative expression. People come together to sing, to dance, to party, play instruments, draw, paint, recite poetry, do all kind of creative things, right? So you get all these things from being part of a group. That's just the way it is. Now, these are wonderful benefits that people get from being part of a group. And a lot of people miss out when they're not part of a group. 
Now, like I said initially, everyone is part of a group. You're born into a family. Uh, from there, you expand your groups or you become part of different groups as you move away from your family. Now, basically, being part of a family or group is necessary for survival. That's just the bottom line. The self-preservation instinct influences individuals to stay together and work as a unit to ensure their longevity. When an individual is away from their original family or group, now if they feel threatened, intimidated, insecure, or afraid, they naturally will seek to find other groups to join forces with in order to get a sense of safety. Now during the time of hardship, suffering, poverty, violence, or distress, most people, if given the opportunity, will join a group to increase their chance of survival. That's just the way it is. We, we cannot change that. That it is within our nature. It is within our nature for us to be part of a group. I'm going to repeat. It's a natural thing. It's natural for people to have the need to belong to a group. That's what it is. We need to be included in a group. We have a longing. We have a desire, a craving. We want the sense of belonging, being accepted and included. That's natural for most people. Now, we may have some people who don't want to be part of a group. They just want to isolate themselves. They want to be solo. They want to practice solitude. And it's okay to do that for a time, but you can't do that forever, especially when you're young. You need to be part of a family. Now, it's a human experience to be part of a group. Yet, there are some individuals due to trauma, unfortunate circumstances, and distress, you know, they're forced. Again, they are forced to be alone or they're removed from their groups, right? Very few people prefer to completely isolate themselves from their original groups. Now, most people will stay within their groups. They'll stay within their groups their whole life if they have a choice. If they have a choice, they're going to stay with their families. Now, even though they may go different places, but they're still part of this group. They may not be physically in the same place, but they're still communicating. They're still visiting each other. They're still talking. They're still sharing. They're still building. Now, when they're forced to be away from each other, it's a problem. People go through separation anxiety when they are displace or their force away from their groups. Now let's talk about some of the things that can force people to be isolated from their original group. Let's talk about that. Now war. Yes, war. In the United States currently, I mean, we don't have any wars going on immediately that we have a foreign power coming to separate us. We don't have that in the United States. And probably in most Western cultures, there's no immediate war taking place on the soil to basically displace people. So fortunately, we don't have that in the United States because that's where I'm at currently. I can't speak about other countries because they do have wars. They do have a lot of conflicts, military conflicts. They do have civil wars going on. They do have all type of atrocities 
happening that are connected to wars. So these people are torn from their original families. They are forced to migrate or relocate to other areas. Now they become refugees. That's what happened. They become refugees. They are displaced. And these people suffer a lot. A lot. They go to a lot of grief because they're suffering the loss of their original family. So some people are victims of war, victims of civil war, of civil conflicts, protests, aggression, violence, crime. And because of that, they have to move to another area. They have to move to another location forcefully. And the families are scattered and they're dispersed all around. Sometimes they don't even know where the family members are. That's very distressing, right? Now, another cause of separation from your original group is enslavement. Enslavement, doing chattel slavery, Africans were separated from their original families. Whether they were separated locally or they were separated nationally or internationally. Enslavement, right? So because of that, a lot of people were forced to migrate. They were forced to relocate to another country, to another state, to another city. So because of enslavement, a lot of them lost track of their family, their biological family. From generation to generation. They don't know where they come from. They don't know who's their biological family. Because they've been displaced. Because of enslavement. Right? Now Africans are not the only ones. We have other melanated beings throughout the world. And other people who have also been victims of slavery. And more currently victims of modern slavery. Which is called human trafficking. So we do currently. Enslavement is not something that happened 150 years ago. We still have it right now. It's called human trafficking. And a lot of people are displaced from their families because of that. Now due to the war and enslavement. And different types of oppression. We have genocide. Some people are killed. A whole race of people. A whole ethnic group, a whole nationality is killed, all right, because of political conflicts, because of war, because of enslavement. These people are that finally managed to survive, they are displaced. They're forced to migrate somewhere else. They basically lost their whole race of people, their whole group, their whole ethnicity. So definitely this is one of the reasons why people get separated. Now adoption is another form of separation from the original family. Children are adopted, are giving up for adoption because some of them, maybe their parents died. And maybe at birth the parent couldn't provide for them economically so they were forced to give up that child. Now some of these children also go into foster care. Foster care is another reason why families get separated. If children are neglected, abused, or abandoned, they go into the foster care system and they are separated from the original group, the original family. We have natural disaster. Again, Katrina was perfect. People were separated from their families. We have all type of natural disasters. 
Now poverty, because of severe object poverty, people have to leave their area. They have to be relocated somewhere else in order for them to get some type of financial assistance or get the opportunity to acquire wealth or material things. Right? Now employment, some people have to go to another city. They're sent by their job somewhere else. So that's the reason why people get separated. Now military, it's another reason why people get separated. People join the military and they are shipped off to other countries or other areas. College, sometimes when the people go to college, they go to another city, another state, sometimes even another country. Now domestic violence, people who are victims of domestic violence, they are forced to migrate taken away from their original family because of their abuse. All right, so these are some of the reasons why people are forced away from their original group. Now, these people will eventually form new groups or they will find other groups that share similar values for them to become part of because, again, everybody is grouped up. Now, if a person was not provided a stable, loving family life, they establish no family connections or relationship. If they move from home to home, they weren't provided any emotional support or nurturing. If they were traumatized or abused, they won't know how to relate to a family. They won't know how to communicate with them or know their true value or worth. In other words, the people who don't know the importance of being part of a family or being part of a group, these are the people who didn't have a chance to experience a loving, stable family life. Now, they were part of a family, but obviously that family wasn't safe. Obviously that family wasn't stable. Obviously that family had some type of dysfunction that caused some type of trauma. So because of all these problems, they didn't get a chance to create a bond or experience love. And so these people, they don't understand the value of family because the family that was supposed to love and support and nurture them, that family eventually, at some point, abused, neglected, abandoned, or traumatized them. So these people don't see the need for family. They don't think it's important to be part of a family because they really don't see the benefit or the advantage that is given to people who are part of family because they personally didn't experience that advantage. Now, they did experience some advantages, but they don't really consider that to be important because the pain and the suffering overshadowed the good. In other words, the bad was so bad that it made them forget the good. Because all the stuff that I talked about earlier, you know, that family gave them a place to stay. That family gave them food to eat. That family gave them some type of protection from certain things. But because of the abuse, the trauma, the suffering, the pain, they forgot all about all that. They just remember the negative stuff. So because they remember the negative stuff, they don't see the importance of being part of a family. They figure, hey, they can do bad all by themselves. They really don't need to be part of a family or a group. Right Now, even though these individuals can't function normally within a family setting because of their past trauma or dysfunctional behavior, they still may have the need to belong to a group or gang. They will, at some point, become part of a substitute family. Right? 
substitute family. So if their original family was dysfunctional, their original family was tra uh, traumatizing to them. Now, even though they've been through all that, they still have the need as part of that self-preservation instinct, as part of that innate thing that we all have as human beings, they still want to be part of a family. So they're going to have to go out and find a substitute, right? Now, this is a subconscious or unconscious process that's taking place. They may not be consciously aware of their desire or craving to belong or be part of a family. They may just become consciously aware of the symptoms, all right? Now, they may not say, hey, you know what? I need to find a substitute family because my family was no good. I need to find a substitute group because the original group that I belong to was no good. I need to go ahead and find me another gang because the gang I had was no good. They're not consciously saying that. They're feeling uncomfortable. They're feeling that something is wrong. And what they feel basically are the symptoms. They may be depressed. They may feel loneliness, rejection. They may suffer from low self-esteem, have fears, self-doubt. They may be angry or rage. They may experience guilt, shame. They may feel desperation or even suicidal. Now, some of these individuals may have experienced severe trauma in the past and suffer from stress-related disorder, which may cause some of them to engage in anti-social behavior. And that's what we're going to get to, the anti-social behavior. All right? Now, when people come from dysfunctional family, when people have all kinds of problems, again, that's going to lead them to develop anti-social behavior. And because of that anti-social behavior, they're looking for a family. They're looking for a substitute, so they're going to find another family. And that may be the gang we're talking about that may be into illegal stuff, right? And if they can't get a good family, any family will do. And that's what kind of pushed them towards the illegal activity because they cannot seem to secure a good, healthy family. So if they can't have a good, healthy family, they're going to settle for whatever they can get. And they're going to go find it and they're going to get it. Now, when we think of a gang, we may be led by the media to imagine the pictures of black and brown street gangs in the inner city neighborhoods that are killing each other over public territory, fighting each other for control over drug profits. Yes, these street gangs do exist and they are terrorizing their communities with crime, violence, and problems. However, they're not the only type of gangs. Now, these small-time street gangs are just emulating the original white or European gangsters of the early 1900s who were in the northeast area of the United States. They were in New York and Chicago. Now, these gangs were made up of European immigrants, English, Irish, German, Polish, and Italians. These gangs were very influential and involved they were involved in every aspect of the community. They were involved into politics, economics, and the social environment. They operated different criminal activities that generated millions of dollars. Eventually, these gangs later formed larger organized crime groups known as the Mafia or the Mob. Now, during the 1920s in America, it was estimated that there were 1,300 gangs in Chicago and 25,000 gang members. 
They were involved in violent crimes, murders, robbery, weapons, extortion, money, counterfeiting, loan shark, money laundering, bank and credit fraud, illegal gambling, racketeering, human trafficking, prostitution, drug trafficking, illegal sporting event, and kidnapping. This was serious. This was very serious. So I just gave you all some information about the gangs because when people cannot find a healthy family, when they cannot find a healthy group of people for them to be part of, when they can't secure a healthy relationship because of their need to belong, they're going to seek out the gang, the illegal gangs. That's what they're going to go do. That's what they're going to be drawn to. Now, a family is better than no family. Because they have this sense to belong, they're going to be drawn to anybody who accepts them. And of course, these illegal gangs or groups will accept certain people as long as they're able to do what they're told to do. So this is why I'm talking about the illegal gangs, because we just talk about the non-illegal gangs, the natural gangs, family, group, community, friends, now what we're talking about, if that doesn't work, you're still going to have to be part of a family, so you're going to go find a substitute family. And the majority of the time, people do find gangs. Now, that's just one gang that we're talking about. There's many other gangs. We're going to talk about them right now, right? Now, obviously, these gangs didn't just disappear into thin air. All these European gangs that exist in the early 1900s, they didn't just disappear. They didn't, you know, they didn't just disappear, even though the government did bring criminal charges against them and convicted some of the mafia leaders, these gangs or mobs just went underground or undercover. They're still operational and functioning as business enterprises doing transactions as usual, doing all the things that bring them a huge profit. Now let's look at some of the legal gangs who are legitimate in Western society. Now we just talk about the illegal gangs, right? Now, we're going to talk about the legal gangs. Now, street gangs, mafias, mob, these are illegal. Those are things, those are gangs that get themselves involved in illegal activities, right? Now, let's talk about the other gangs that people tend to be part of that people don't even know are gangs sometimes. Let's talk about it real quick. Now, there are gangs on all levels. There are gangs in the elite, and there are gangs in the rich class, there are gangs in the middle class, there are gangs in the poor class, there's gangs in the working class, there's gangs in every part of society, all right? Now, at the very top, we have the secret societies. Now, they are a gang. If you are part of a secret society, you're a gang member, all right? People who are part of the Freemasons, all right? That's a gang. Remember now, gang is any group of people coming together to do something, all right? Secret societies, that's a gang. If you're part of a cult or in a cultic group, you're part of a gang. Okay? If you're part of a political gang, if you're a Democrat or a Republican, you're part of a gang. Not college gangs. We have fraternities and sororities. Those are considered to be gangs. Now, we have athletic gangs. If you're part of a sport team, you're part of a basketball team, a football, a soccer Anytime you're part of any athletic team, you are part of a gang. Now, these are legal gangs. They're not committing crimes. They're not going out there killing nobody or hurting anybody. 
but nevertheless, they are gangs. They are groups of people that come together to accomplish certain things. Now, we do have racial gangs. People come together because of their race or nationality. Now, the most famous gang, racial gang, is the KKK, Ku Klux Klan. Then we have the skinheads. We've got the Nazi heads. And we do have some other racial gangs. All right? These people come together because they hate other races. Right? Now, religious gangs. Now, if you are Catholic, you're Christian, you're Muslim, you're Jewish, each one of these religions have a group of people who are believers. And these believers coming together make up a gang. Okay, so you have a religious gang. Now, we have professional gangs. If you're part of any professional association, you're part of the judge association, doctors, lawyers, teachers, social worker, presidents of a company, you are part of a gang. Professional gangs. Police, the fraternal order of police. If you are part of the police department, you work there, you are part of a gang, okay? Media gang, if you're part of the media gang, the big companies that own media, right? ABC, CBS, BET, TNT, whatever it may be, you are part of a group, you are part of a gang. Now, youth gang, we have a lot of youth gangs, all right? Different little youth gang that have little uh, clubs. Those clubs that you have in high school or in middle school, this, this is a gang. They're not going to go out and kill nobody or sell drugs or anything, but they are a gang. They're a group of people coming together. You got motorcycle gangs. You have military gangs. Within the military, it's a gang. Everybody who belongs to the military, it doesn't matter the branch, Navy, Army, Marine, Air Force, you are part of a military gang, right? Prison gang, people who go to prison, they join gangs. There are gangs in prison. Vigilante gang, all right? These gangs are supposed to be against the street gangs, all right? There are vigilantes. They're going around, you know, getting revenge, okay? Because people do people wrong, people hurt people, they're going to vindicate them. They're going to go ahead on and bring on the wrath. Right, we have um, narco gangs. These are the drug cartels. We got uh, celebrity gangs. You know, anybody who's a superstar, you a entertainer, you are a movie star, you are a celebrity gang. You're part of the celebrity gang. Book club, okay? Support group, bank, financial institution. You are part of the the banking cartel. Pharmaceutical industry. You are part of the pharmaceutical gang. I just wanted to give you all an idea of what I'm talking about when I say gang. Gang is simply a group. Now let's talk about the gang culture. Now all of these things have some things in common, right? Gang culture. There's leadership. All of these gangs have leadership. They have organization and structure. They have their own ideology, philosophy, and doctrine. They definitely have a hierarchy or rank. They have a code of conduct, language or method of communicating. They all speak their own language or code of language, right? They have specific objectives, agendas, and goals. They operate like a business or a corporation. Members have different roles, duties, and responsibilities. They provide training and education to members. Every member take an oath to be loyal, right? A professional gang, you take an oath. A judge takes an oath. A lawyer takes an oath. A police officer takes an oath. A secret society member takes an oath. A religious person takes an oath, all right? And they also go out and recruit new members. 
They all have an initiation process. Every gang or every group have their own initiation process. It could be college. In order for you to initiate into college, you have to graduate. You become a college graduate. All right? They all have solidarity. They a unity among the members. They all unite. They all have a common thing that they all unite about. They're part of the gang. They're part of the, the, the group. Okay? They usually have distinctive characteristics as identifiers. All right? They have particular symbols. Signs, slogans, secret greetings, secret handshakes, secret, you know, meetings sometimes. They have special jewelry, hairstyle. You're going to be able to identify them by what it is that they are known for. Okay? So it's not just the street gangs who have symbols and signs and special language. All groups and all gangs do. This is the part of the gang culture. All right? Now, they could be very territorial. That means that... Wherever they are, that's their territory, they're going to protect it. They're not going to just open it to any and everybody. Okay, now gang has the power to control the member's life on all levels. This is what they do. Once that person becomes part of the gang, basically they're deciding to be a follower. All right, now let's talk about the benefits of being part of a gang or group. You know, people seek to be part of a gang because they want power. They want a sense of power. Some people, they don't know their true identity. So they're looking to find a new identity. So that if they join the gang, then they assume a new identity. Because some of them don't know who they are. They don't know where they come from. They don't know nothing about their past or their history. So it's easier for them to assume a new identity. A sense of belonging to a family. Now remember, as I said earlier, a lot of these people who seek to join certain groups or gangs, they don't have their own biological families. They don't have a group of friends. They don't have neighbors. They don't have other people they can form healthy relationships with. So they seek out other people who are going to accept them. Right? That's benefits of being part of a gang. You get a sense of family. Right? Now, a lot of them get in gangs because they do want protection, security, and safety. They want monetary gain, material possessions, social status. They want success, social mobility, wealth. They want a network to connect with and associate with. They want opportunities. A lot of people join sororities and fraternities because they want opportunities. All right. They want a role model. They want a father figure. They want a mentor. They want a mother figure. They want guidance and supervision. These are the things that people get from joining gangs. Now let's talk about the negative things. People, it's not all peaches and cream. It's not all wonderful while you're in the gang. There are negative things that can happen that do happen. All right. Now, group identity, you lose your individual identity because once you, you join the gang, you're giving up your individual identity. You're assuming a group identity. People tell you, I am this, this fraternity. Okay, I am a lawyer. And you ask them, who are you? Oh, I'm a doctor. So they're using their group identity instead of themselves as an individual. Now, one negative attribute of the gang is that you have to conform. It's conformity. You have to follow the status quo. You got to do what you're told, when you're told, and whatever that may be, you have to do it. Loss of individuality, sovereignty, autonomy. Once you become part of a group, you're no longer an individual. Most groups, some groups allow you certain levels of autonomy, but you're still under the group's control, right? You become a follower, you're not an independent thinker. You're not allowed to think. You have to 
practice blind loyalty, blind allegiance, and blindly follow them no matter where they go and what they tell you to do. Right? You cannot question anything. You can't challenge the gang's authority. Okay? You may be subjected to intimidation, threats, or coercion. Right? You no longer have your own mind. You have a collective mindset. You're not just thinking of you now. You're thinking of the whole group. Punishment for not complying. If you don't comply with the demands of the group or the gang, you could be punished. You could be rejected, isolated, assaulted, verbally or physically. You could be harassed or even killed, especially if you were an illegal gang. Now, forced participation in gang activities. You may not want to participate in certain gang activities, but because you are part of the gang, you are instructed and mandated. It's mandatory that you participate in gang activity. Now, promote gang values and principle. You notice that religious people who are part of a gang, they're always promoting their values and principles. They're telling you this is what the Bible said and this is what the Quran said or the Torah. They're always pushing their own values and their principles. Notice that, okay, because they're part of a gang. Now, once you become part of the gang, you are initiated for life. You're unable to revoke your membership. Now, in an illegal gang, that's the case. Now, legal gangs, they may allow you to leave, but you may have some problems, right? You may get rejected. You may get sabotaged. They may really harass you, but it may not involve crime or murder because it's a legal gang. Now, loss of biological family or friends. Now, once you become part of a gang, you are no longer associated or affiliated with your biological family or your friends. Okay, basically they cut you off from your original group. You're no longer connected to your original group. Now your allegiance, allegiance and your loyalty is only to the gang. The gang become your friend. The gang members become your family and your friends. They separate you from your loved ones. Now sacrifice expected or demand, right? Some people, once they become part of a gang or a group, they have to do some sacrifice. They got to give something up. Okay, now some people say it's blood sacrifice, blood rituals. Now that's the illegal gangs. Now sometimes they may require people to kill other people, uh, rape other people, sabotage other people, do something to prove their loyalty, right? Now negative emotions. People who are part of a gang sometimes because they're so suppressed, they're so control sometimes they can have anger rage hate guilt or shame or they can already had those type of negative emotions and being part of that gang allow them to express those type of negative emotions and those negative emotions can be reinforced as part of the group's philosophy or way of life now self-destructive behavior a lot of these gangs engage in self-destructive behavior and self-sabotaging behavior it's not necessarily just the illegal gangs, but the gangs that are legal also engage in self-destructive behavior. Sometimes they promote drug and alcohol use. Sometimes they promote hatred of other groups. Sometimes they promote, you know, uh, 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 they promote negative values, right? Or they encourage people to practice very little self-care. So a lot of these people are subjected to getting sick because they're not really in a positive environment that really kind of help them stay healthy, right? Now, possible confinement, all right? If a person is part of an illegal gang, most likely at some point they may be arrested and they may go to jail or prison, 
Okay? Now, it's very important. Sometimes they may experience depression. They may have uh, insufficient interpersonal skills because a lot of these people already have problems. And that's the reason why they joined the gang in the first place. And the gangs obviously are not helping them overcome these negative things, these negative personality traits, these bad habits, you know, these negative patterns. They're not really helping them deal with those things. And because they're not dealing with those things, the problems become worse. So some of these people may eventually develop emotional and mental health problems and even physical problems. Okay. So it's something that we have to think about. Now, whether we like it or not, people are automatically placed within groups or gangs, whether it's a legal gang or illegal gang. The fact is that we do, we do have the need to be part of a gang. We do. So if we know that we have that need, we don't have to deny it. We just have to be careful how, you know, we connect or associate with these groups. Now, we just have to be mindful since we already know it's a natural thing to be part of a group. We know it's a natural thing to want to belong, to have some type of connection with a group of people. It's a natural thing. All we got to do is be careful who we connect to or associate with. Because we know we're going to connect and we're going to associate. But we have to be very mindful of who we're connecting ourselves to. What is it that we're doing? Okay, we have to, we have to pay attention. Because sometimes we just naturally are drawn to certain groups, whether it be other families, whether it be connecting with people within your race, your ethnicity, your nationality, whether it's religion, whether it's particular lifestyle. People share a certain lifestyle, a certain education, profession, certain communities. People share certain hobbies or interests. All right. People have certain skills. Sometimes we are drawn to particular groups, but we have to be careful because we have to look at the group's culture and we have to look at the group's values and principles, the group's objective. What is it that they're doing? What are they trying to do? Right? Because each group, they have their own distinct culture, belief, and values. These groups or gangs form communities, which influence the individuals in greater society. So we got to see what's happening within the, these groups before we allow ourselves to get caught up in it. All right. Now, it's, it's obvious when it comes to illegal groups or criminal groups. Most people have, you know, you know, if you're going to be part of an illegal group or criminal group, you got to give consent or permission to become a member. It's not you're not going to accidentally become part of an illegal group. You're not going to accidentally walk into an illegal gang. Those things don't happen. You got to really they got to be the one to allow you in and initiate you and go through all that. Right? It's easy for you to see when you are entering into an illegal gang. Now, it's not as easy for you to see when you're entering a regular group or gang. It's not so easy because you don't really see them as a gang or a group. You just see them as, you know, something that a group of people are doing. Okay, but the regular groups, you know, sometimes they could be doing some crazy stuff. Right? Now... You can get involved and you can't get out. Okay, you can feel like you're trapped. You can feel hopeless and you can become desperate to get out of that situation, but you don't know how to, right? So some people, they join the religion. That's a group. And they join the religion, but they don't stop to think about, wait a minute, this is a group, this is a gang. They have their own culture, they have their own way, they have their own lifestyle. 
Is that something that I want for myself? Do I really want to be part of that group? Right? Some people join a um, group of uh, people who love uh, to do a particular hobby. Now, before you go into that group, you got to find out what are these people really promoting? What is it that they're really doing? I mean, are they really doing something that's positive or beneficial? Because this is how they get you to come in these groups. Because you have a point of interest. There's something that you like about that group. Okay, you're interested in something, but sometimes you're so focused on on that one thing that you overlook everything else. You overlook everything else that's going on in that group. So before you're before you are so quick to commit for you to engage and connect to be part of this group, you need to do your research. You need to find out what's going on with the group. Talk to other people that are involved or who were involved if you can. Do your research. Find out about the history of these groups. What are they doing? How are they doing it? And why are they doing it? How can those things benefit you? Can they provide you what you need? And what are the negative effects? Because we talk about some of the negative effects of groups in general. So it's important that you go check out what are the negative effects of being in a group? If someone tells you, oh, there's nothing negative, we all are one big happy family. Well, nothing is perfect. There's always a negative. There's always a pro and a con, a good and a bad. All right? So you have to find out what is the pro, what is the con, what is the good with the bad, and figure out if it's something that you want. Okay? Now, the other part of it is a lot of people don't want to be part of groups at all. They just want to do their own thing. And there's nothing wrong with you doing your own thing. But you have to understand there is a time and a place to join forces with other people. Okay, again, no person is an island. There are certain things that you want to do, whether it be some social things that you want to get done. Maybe you want to help stop world hunger. You can't do that by yourself. You got to get part of a group. Maybe you want to clean the neighborhood. You can't do that by yourself. You got to be part of a group. Okay, maybe you want to stop certain injustices. You can't do that by yourself. You got to be part of a group. So you have to find the groups that are doing the things that you want to do and get to know them and find out what they're all about. And if they are good groups, they're positive, they're healthy, they're legal, then by all means, get within that group to help do certain things. Now, of course, you're going to have your own individual time to do what you want to do. You're not going to submerge yourself in the group 24 hours a day and allow the group to dictate your life. You're not going to do that. That's unhealthy. But you are going to work together with that group to accomplish certain goals. Now, if we want to end violence and war, maybe we need to come together as a group to do that. If we want to end poverty, we have to come together as a group to do that. We want to end racism. We got to come together as a group to stop that. We want to end sexism. We got to come together as a group to do those things. It's a lot of things that we want to do that we can't do it alone. We got to come together as a group. Okay, we can't stay in our egos and thinking that we you know we don't need anybody because yes, there are certain things we do have to come together to be able to do. Now it's up to you. Okay, we have that biological need to come together. All we got to do is make sure that we come together with the right people at the right time for the right reason. Thank you.